Hi, I'm Matt Pacilli with the Virginia State Golf Association, and welcome to our Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. This week, I'm excited to share what is sort of behind-the-scenes footage from the grand reopening of Belmont Golf Course in Enrico under the management of the First Tee of Greater Richmond. I'll use these interviews for a video which you'll eventually find on our YouTube channel, but in the meantime, I wanted to share them here in their entirety. The event took place on May 24th and included speeches from the First Tees board chair, Ben Pace, and comments from county officials recognizing the journey the course took from hosting the 1949 PGA Championship, won by Virginia's own Sam Snead, to a point of disrepair and near closure. Guests heard from the First Tees CEO, Brent Schneider, and then Davis Love III, who spoke about Love Golf Design's work on the course, before Davis then coached a group of First Tee participants down the first hole of the short course, where a young lady almost made a hole-in-one, and another young girl chipped in for birdie, while several other boys and girls made great putts to cap off what was a special event. After that was all said and done, though, I had the opportunity to interview Brent Schneider and get his take on the project and celebration, as well as Scott Sherman, who was the lead architect for Love Golf Design, on-site frequently working on the renovation and remaining mindful of the A.W. Tillinghast legacy. And finally, Davis Love III, who talked about the creation of the first tee from his time on the PGA Tour Board of Directors through today, where his company had the opportunity to create an innovative and accessible golf course that is now under the management of the first tee. So without any further from me, here is my interview with Brent Schneider, followed after a brief break by conversations with Scott Sherman and Davis Love III. Enjoy. What does this day mean to you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. We're, we're, we're really, really excited. I mean, it's, it's been a long year with construction and a lot of decision making and planning, but um, we're really looking forward to the future and it's exciting. I mean, look at all the people out here and the uh, community. Uh, looks like our community and uh, we're just we're anxious to get going and get, get, get this place up and running. You mentioned something, or maybe it was Ben who mentioned it, just about the dream of this place. Yeah. How do you have that dream? Like, yeah. how? How does that vision of what this is come to you to think we might be able to get that done? Well, it's, it wasn't just me. It's a lot of people. Uh, and a lot of things needed to happen for the dream to happen. Um, you know, we needed the funding. We needed the county to buy in. We needed the right partner. We needed the right construction partner. Our board you know, needed to make sense strategically. And all of those happened. All of those were in alignment. And so, you know, my dream or our dream, um, you know, wouldn't have happened with all those other things that are, in their own part, very important. And um, so it was meant to be. It was meant to be. You, was it, where along the lines does the concept of the 12-hole golf course come up? Um, good question. So um, we knew we needed to change the property. And in, in order to do that, we knew we needed to, um, to take some of the land from some of the holes. And on my way back from Birdwood, I was talking to a very influential um, friend and donor of the First Tee about the project. And I said, you know, in order to do it, talking about Belmont, in order to do it, we would have to make it a 12 or 14 hole 
facility. And he, he literally almost stopped and was like, are you kidding me? And he's like, I've been telling my friends for years I want to build a 12-hole golf course. Um, you know, long par fives and good par fours and par threes with shot quality. And, and I'm like, well, let's do it. And, um, and he was all in and here we are. That's awesome. Yeah. Anything else? You, how, how, talk about the first tease vision yeah. and, and, and the first tease vision of accessibility, but also the principles and all that one can gain through golf. Yeah, I mean, our vision locally is to strengthen the character of our community. We do that by our mission of impacting young kids uh, through our life skills experience program and character building through the game of golf, right? And so what does that mean? I mean, it means that we're providing an outlet to young people, uh, introducing uh, very important skills uh, through the game of golf. And we hope they all play and love to play. Uh, but our, our real goal is to uh, have kids come out and, and learn how to be good citizens, good brothers and sisters, good friends, good sons and daughters. Uh, and, you know, the proof's in the pudding. We've had some really uh, great kids. And uh, we just look, while we're here, we're, we're trying to reach more. And this type of concept, whether it's with the putting course or the little bell or the 12 hole course, allows you to bring so many more people, not just under the tent of the first tee, yeah. but under the tent of golf. Like as Ben said earlier, I mean, it's it's for the community. And um, whether you're a great player, and obviously the VSGA is connected with many great players, uh, longtime players, but or if you're new, if you tried top golf and you want to go to real, real, this is a place that doesn't feel intimidating, that's fun, that's, um, you know, it's for everyone, accessible, and I think people will feel welcome. And our hope is when they leave, they'll feel better about themselves and their golf game or their aspiring golf game than when they got here. Talk about your involvement with the project. Oh, okay, well, as Brent mentioned this afternoon, uh, he came and, and posed to us the following question. What do you think about a 12-hole golf and we said, we're all for it. What, what do you have in mind? And he told us about this project. And he had some ideas, we had some ideas, and we hit it off immediately. Uh, and this is exactly what every community needs. Some big, big boy holes, as they say, some short course holes, lots of practice for the kids and for new folks. The putting course will be a drawing crowd, drawing a crowd here for years to come. Uh, so it was a match made in heaven, to, to be honest with you. We, we hit it off immediately, and we have been doing similar projects, not to this degree, but these kind of projects to introduce folks into the game and get people excited about golf. As long as it's exciting and beautiful and well-maintained, folks will play just about anything. And so this is, this is what we have, one of everything for everybody. At what point in the conversation do you ask the question, who's the original architect? And then you think, we're going to do that to that? Oh my gosh, How, tell me about that. Well, that came up right away, immediately. We didn't even have to ask. Brent volunteered that information right away, somewhat sheepishly. He was a little concerned about making some changes. And we just reassured him. Mr. Tillinghast was an innovator of his time. And we are in innovative times now. And this is something I believe he would embrace. I can't tell you exactly what A.W. Tillinghast would think today. But because he was so innovative, we felt fairly comfortable about it. And it was a way to preserve and honor his abilities and his history and his accomplishments. 
So it felt like a win-win to us. And we were very unabashed about that. We, we, we were not worried about it whatsoever. We were in the year 2021. At that time, it was 2019. And we felt like this is what golf needed. And uh, Mr. Tillinghast was a promoter of golf. So this is something I think he would have very much supported. Yeah, that was, that's great because that was sort of my follow-up. How do you go about honoring what he had what he had created and what he what he would see we were fortunate uh, as you know Davis Love won on a Tillinghast golf course his his PGA and has played lots of golf at Wingfoot and other places and we have all been fortunate to travel the country travel the world and see other designers but Tillinghast is one of our favorites especially because of the greens he was pretty bold with his greens and so we felt like if we are in that mode, uh, honoring what he did, a little bit how he thought he was quite the prolific writer, so we were able to study on that even before this opportunity came. We didn't, we didn't know this was coming. And we felt like we had a good feel for what he built and how he evolved. And the short course is a perfect example of how we paid homage to him by replicating a few holes basically not exactly uh, because they're on different pieces of ground so just trying to think the way he thought be innovative as mr tillinghouse would be incorporate the look and feel of of his golf courses to some degree and we we settled on a couple as our models and then execute you know well uh, for the first tee and really for the whole community of richmond people would say i think that this course had good bones mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that and how you had a good piece of property or a good routing or whatever it was to work with. Yes. Well, and that was an interesting study in and of itself because the routing, not the golf holes moving, but the actual numbering of the holes has changed multiple times here. The clubhouse used to be at the far end of the property, and then at some point it moved to here. And so number 18, which is a, originally was a par 3 here when we got here, was not always the 18th hole. So it was interesting to learn about all of that. Uh, but yes, the property has got great bones. Uh, we have creeks and elevation changes and beautiful mature trees. Sometimes on a new golf course, we struggle with preserving big, beautiful, mature trees. This had that. Uh, the site needed to be cleaned up. There was some landscape and some overgrowth and whatnot that needed to be cleaned up and will continue. And then we preserve some of these very large, beautiful oak trees and pine trees and whatnot. But yeah, the we as we went along, and COVID made it a little difficult to be here a lot at the beginning, let's say in January. But as we got into construction last May, we just fell in love with the site because of all those things that I mentioned. Last time you were here, we talked about, you had mentioned that you were on the PGA Tours Board of Directors and the idea for the first tee came up. How does it feel? to see this now part of the first tee. Uh, an incredible feeling to be a part of the beginnings of the, the first tee on the PGA Tour board, and then to actually build a, a facility for the first tee uh, 10 or 15 years later. Um, it's amazing where it's come, you know, Tim Fincham's idea, and now there's kids that have graduated from the first tee program, they're bringing their kids to the first tee program. Uh, it's just amazing. Uh, idea, amazing movement, and I think it's, um, it's been great for the game of golf. And now your company has the opportunity to take that 
ability to open the doors and create access to golf and do it in a very innovative way with a 12-hole course, six-hole short course, giant putting course. Talk a little bit about that. I think the most exciting thing to me about this project is showing people what you can do. You don't have to have 500 acres and an 18-hole golf course. You can have just a six-hole short course and a putting course, or you can have just a practice facility and two or three holes. And we as tour players, we go to Titleist TPI and there's a couple holes to play and short game areas and places to hit balls. That's where we hone our games. Now we can show the public, hey, you don't have to join a club and pay dues and play five hour rounds of golf. You can come out to places like this. I think this and par three courses, short courses with lights are the future of the game. Top Golf has showed us that people want to be entertained and play golf at the same time. Like any other sport, hospitality and socializing is the hallmark of going to a baseball game or going to a football game. Now Top Golf has done that with golf and we need to take those people out of the hitting bays and get them onto the grass. And if you can say, hey, we're gonna go play the short course, it'll take an hour. We're gonna hit a bucket of balls and putt on the putting course. It'll take an hour rather than five or six. I think we're gonna really grow the game that way. Talk about the timing of this coming along as we begin to sort of enter this you know, phase of the pandemic, if you will. Well, um, there's a silver lining to most things and the pandemic has certainly opened up outdoors to everybody. They're biking, they're fishing, they're playing golf, they're playing pickleball. So we got to grab this momentum of people being interested in playing golf and being willing to get out and be involved in sports. And this kind of facility is going to be great for this community because people now, they want to do that. They don't know how to play golf or how to join a club or may not have accessibility as a key. Places like this that are open to the public, that are in introducing kids to playing, that's what we need to do to grow the game. And thankfully, Tim Fincham, the board of directors, President Bush, they got behind this early on and really made it happen. You get a phone call from Brent Schneider and other folks in Virginia saying, we've got an idea for a 12-hole course. It's gonna be managed by the first tee. Owen, it's a Tillinghast design. Talk a little bit about how you interpret all of that and then say, yes, this is us. Well, the first thing I said was, no, it needs to be 18 holes tilling has. There's not that many of them and we need to preserve that. Then they convinced me, well, unless you pay for it, it ain't gonna happen. Um, we have a group of people that wanna make something special out of it. And the fact that we basically saved 12 of the original holes. We created six new short holes that are replicas of Tillinghast. Maybe we did it even better than just having another 18 hole course that nobody could come out and play. Now we're gonna expose kids, tell them the story that Ben Hogan played here, tell them the story that there was a major championship here, and tell them the story of who Tillinghast was. And then that gives them a sense of history of the game. So I was convinced after <laughs> a little while, that we needed to go this direction. And now I'm its biggest fan. I'm spreading the word all over the country that come to Richmond and see what they did with the first tee project there. Um, this is the future of the game. So I'm glad to be, I'm just a small part of a team that's really gotten fired up about this. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Golf in the Commonwealth. And big thanks to the team at the first tee of Greater Richmond for having us out, as well as Brent Schneider, Scott Sherman, and Davis Love III. 
I hope you'll take a second and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, and please rate us and leave a review. You ought to know by now that you need an active handicap index for VSGA events and even most of your local member guests. So remember to visit your VSGA member club and renew your VSGA membership for 2021. Or visit VSGA.org and renew online. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the fairway soon.